Hey, by the way, I listened to last week's podcast, you guys. Oh, nice. How did it go? Sounded really good. Nice. Sounded really good. It sounded tight. Oh. It almost sounded like you guys practiced it before you did it. Did you? No. Uh-huh. Was that was that the one with just me and Jeff? Yeah. Huh. I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Comics. Comics. <laughs> Are you joking, Django? I can't quite discern your tone. No, I'm serious. This is the first podcast I listened to after a week of not listening to any podcasts. And, and it's, uh, it's, it sounded really good. Yeah. It's it, it well no, it's it's it just sounded like like you had come up with the things to say you were snappy and quick and is uh, this a bit that you pre-planned to make me uncomfortable because you know i can't i don't understand <laughs> if you're f-ing me or not you'll never know <laughs> Everybody, welcome into the perfectly acceptable comics place. God, <laughs> you guys did this better last week when I wasn't here. You have an effect on me. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Watch out for Everyone. Jeff's effect. Oh, sorry. Were you doing a thing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Comics Place Presents Perfectly Acceptable Podcast, episode 292, a podcast Holy from shit. Bellingham, Washington, by three people who run a comic shop together, and we read a bunch of the comics that come out every single week, and then we come onto this year's podcast to hang out with each other and engage in a variety of tangents, either related to or unrelated to the comics that we read, the books that the comics we read, the comic shop that we run, or the comings and goings of our lives. You know, Je- I'm Jeff, and I almost had it. I'm Django. I never lost it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Roman. I don't even know what it is. Oh man, you guys! That little segment really encapsulated the three of us. <laughs> really that did. was really uh, <laughs> that was like brand building. Um, <laughs> that was really good. I wanted to be able to recite the the tagline of Will's, but I can't. Uh, turn up, guys. shut turn, up, turn up. Stick love you guys. It in your butt. Some <laughs> Django's back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> where Uh, was i i was just your first if this is your first episode um the last one i hear was better (laughs) (laughs) here the the last one was really good Um, concise it was it was quick to the point no shit jokes no fart jokes no butt jokes yeah that's true turd free turd free except for old roman statler down there (laughs) the bird (laughs) captain jack stacks of wax you remember that? You remember when Roman said that about a comic book years ago while we were recording this podcast? That was good. That was yeah, good. I can't this remember is... what comic it was, though. That is the I, I, only. I have no idea. That's the only time that you looping on a phrase that someone said and thinking about it has really, really paid off. Usually, it just puts you in a little ball of anxiety. But this time, it was good. What do you mean, Captain Jack stacks a wax? I loved it. I don't remember. I can't equate that to the grand problem you just criticized me. Well, oh, <laughs> it, it wasn't a criticism. It was. It was. Uh, uh, what grand like, critique? Uh, what grand shortcoming I have, Django? <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> talking about your grand shortcoming, Jeff. <laughs> You're always talking about something, Django. Why can't you make it about comics? Oh, like Fantastic Four number. Are we doing this already? No, I was going to say, quick. hey, Django, when you were in Mozzarella Land or whatever it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
did you get comics and how did you get comics and when you go to a place that you've never been to wait have you been to crescent city comics before in new orleans yeah okay okay i was gonna say do you like would you do your shopping for comics before letting people know that you also run a shop or would you go in there and be like hey i run a shop Uh but anyway lots of of questions unload on us please put it on our chests yeah yeah so i was in new orleans last week by surprise believe it or not mozzarella land um i went to crescent city comics on calhoun street by the way calhoun has gotten much worse since i was there last the potholes are bigger the hills are taller uh it feels like maybe you're you're gonna throw up before you get there driving so like andrew make sure and put that in the docket for our periodic calhoun update uh this one this date yep. of this trip and then your numeric score as you always do one uh, to seven i would i would give it a seven on the roller coaster scale okay uh, driving driving down calhoun which is anyway different, different scale than usually is whatever uh 9.5 on the rick to scale yeah that's a pretty what, high score too. um i don't tell people that i'm with another comic shop until usually when i'm checking out unless end. unless it really makes sense um yeah. but yeah they uh they had a lot of things i missed a few things there um like i didn't get two graves i didn't get after school and i didn't mm. get billionaire island so i don't know if they're ordering low or if they're sold out or if i just missed them but um yeah it was uh it was a good time Good time on Calhoun Street. Good time on Calhoun Street. But it's always a good time on Calhoun Street. You go down past the town at the sunsets, you can go to Cap and Jack Stacks of Wax. That's right. It's right Roman. next door. <clears throat> Opens at midnight. <sighs> Django, mostly I'm just glad that you're back because you have some acerbic hot takes about comics, and I've been waiting to hear them. Um, did you have any takes on last week's comics before we get started? Gosh, I probably did, but at this point, I don't even know what last week's comics were. I went on oh. vacation to Florida, got hurricaned out, had to drive to New Orleans and fly out of there. It was it's been a chaotic six days or whatever. I don't even know how long I was gone. It was gone seven days exactly. Wow. I'm glad that you're back. I am too, man. It was not going according to plan. What do you think about Roman's input so far? I think uh I think I mean, that his outfit is great. Borderline non existent. Oh, Let's it's, it's all out. about the outfit for Roman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He just shows yeah. up, slaps <laughs> the chest around. Hey guys, listen to my clothes. <laughs> oh, I, that's just a flop, 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 flop. I always dress for radio. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'm say that there's a video component of it. Um, okay, well, in that case, <laughs> uh, Django, did you then get a copy of Two Graves? I by, did. I... By Genevieve Valentine and Ming Doyle and Annie Wu. I got it at the comics place in Bellingham, Washington. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. Because we ordered some. Yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. we needed to after reading it? Uh, I think it's got a place. I don't know that it's... <laughs> That's a safe answer, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, Ming Doyle is a is an artist who has a following. And I think the art was just this side of boilerplate. Like, I, I think it was pretty good art. Some of the pages felt like they drew them a lot smaller than a normal comic. Like they just had a lot less detail. Hmm. Um, it almost felt like different inkers or different artists or something on, on a few of the pages. But um, I like the idea behind the thing. I was super, super confused by the back matter. Would you mind telling me the idea behind the thing? Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry, I'm out of practice here. No, 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 I'm just like, I read it and it was just confusing enough that I finished it and I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know what the pitch of this book is. Not that everyone needs to know the pitch of the book, but I found the like uh, a little bit confusing with the narration dialogue. Like there was some, there was a two narrators and there, yeah, two narrators and three different types of text bubbles. And Chef's a really yeah. simple guy. And and maybe Roman can correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think it's basically a young girl on a road trip with some version of death. Okay, that's okay. And she is sort of teaming up with death to sometimes avenge people and sometimes to just help them die. Okay. Like help help them pass to the next whatever. Um, but then at the yeah, oh like that's that's that seems to be the the broad overview. Okay. Would and you, I think she's got would, some some anger that he's helping her deal with. Okay. Okay. And Django, you you said you would describe it as close to the bo- boilerplate. Am I using that expression correctly? Yeah, it just felt like uh, if does that mean it's warm? It's something you like if it's close to the boilerplate. No, it means that if Boom put out a comic, I would expect it to look like this, but a little less stylized. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like like it's house style plus a little bit. Just a little detailed version of uh, Paper Girls or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman, what was your relationship with this book? Did you intake it? What did you do while you were taking it in? <laughs> it, it struck me as, well, I sure do like the the two pages that were like a flashback to uh, Greek myth. Yeah. Perse- Persephone's myth. Um, and, I, and I like the back matter. <laughs> but the rest, I, I don't know. I was, Django's description summation <laughs> is pretty good. Because, yeah, I don't think I could have pull that quite together it felt to me like it was like okay this is like somebody trying to write a like a sandman story without using any of those characters mm-hmm. i could see that and yeah, yeah i don't and and yeah i like the back matter i don't know really what it has to do with Anything. the rest of the comic but it was interesting <laughs> also the back matter is by someone who's not credited in the as a writer sarah mccary yeah i don't know I forgot to look that up. I don't know. Who and that I is. don't know if we ever. I guess. I guess we don't really get any the the two main characters' names, do we? Um. Oh gosh, doesn't he say her name at some point? Um. Oh, yeah. I thought. I thought her name was Amelia. Oh, Amelia. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't know his name. Maybe I just didn't care. Uh, looks like Sarah <laughs> McCary is an author. Was born in <clears throat> Seattle. The recipient of the McDowell Colony Colony Fellowship. It's a very colon-esque <laughs> has written for glamour the stranger newspaper and huffington post um okay so it's just information about stars yeah okay okay so that's a different thing than so yeah it felt a little out of place but a little bit funny i guess yeah i i didn't dislike this book i thought the art was totally fine um i thought it was like a little bit confusing to try and track as i described but um but yeah i guess more than anything it just felt a little bit samey you know like like you described like it's kind of left of sandman or something it's it's uh it reminded me of that type like a neil gaiman story i guess um yeah i don't know i didn't love it but i did like it more by the end than the first half i don't i don't i tell you what though this uh cliffhanger doesn't really do it for me you guys want to talk about that the people on motorcycles that i don't care about yeah some people on motorcycles saw them talking well, that sounds pretty high stakes. Yeah. Well, they're... and one of them's well, what's her name's floating, and yes. the other guy's walking up the side of the cliff. Ah, it's really a cliffhanger. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> cliffhanger. I hardly hey. know her. I had a couple more things I was going to say, but that's the note that we got to go out on. What was your score for it? Seven for me. Seven for me. Oh, oh twinsies! I gave... Wow, I give it a six. Roman, yeah. didn't you see those 
pages of Persephone eating. Okay, okay, six and a half. That's what yeah, I thought. <laughs> that's only point five away from us then. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Well, now that we talked about that thing, uh, one of the more exciting books this week, Django, was Traveling to Mars. Did you get oh. one of those at Crescent City Comics? You better believe it, buddy. It's Mark Russell. And Roberto Melli, who I don't know who that is, but this is a book that I've heard described as like a sad Western space and it's got a guitar on the cover. So I was like, that's that's all very jeffed out. So <laughs> And Mark Russell, who we love. Yeah, uh, and Roman, oh. uh, what do you think Django was about to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably something like that. I was about to say, what kind of guitar is that, Jeff? Is it a good guitar? Uh, it's definitely modeled after a Stratocaster. Um, which okay, is, Jeff. You know, like the, the, the guitar standard. As a guitar guy. Sure. Now you I'm one play of those. guitar, you like guitars. You're an expert in guitars. You have guitars hanging behind you for everyone to see when you're on Zoom. Yeah. Do you critique guitars when you find them in comic books? No, no. That, I mean, you don't see them that often. Um, but I did remember in Murder Falcon being like particularly impressed with how detailed they were because you're like, oh, that is that kind of guitar and that That's is that kind of guitar. Um, but a lot of times, more often than not, they're just sort of drawn as generic shape. shape. Yeah. I've had to get over trying to uh, figure out what, old car people are trying to draw because they're never anywhere near what they should be it's like let me find several easy reference images to hodgepodge together to yeah like that's a really cool buick chevy there <laughs> i bet that was funny um... <laughs> oh so this sad man went to space roman did you think about yourself when you were reading this oh oh man I kind of did, except I never even got to go to space, so I'm I'm even sadder than this guy. But your imagination is a spaceship. Uh my imagination is the the challenger. Mm. Hardly know her. <laughs> there uh. are a lot of days that I wake up. <laughs> um. Oh gosh. Okay, so the sad spaceman went to space. Django, uh, did you did you like this book? We had to all like this book, right? That's we got to. I mean, I'm going to take a shoot shoot my shot here. I love his hat. Yeah. He's wearing Steve Vai's hat, right? Oh, yeah. Steve or Steve, 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 Steve Vaughn, yeah. Vaughn's hat. <laughs> Idiot. Ugh, so <laughs> stupid. Why do I even bother trying to go to space? <laughs> but you belong in space. Your imagination is a spaceship. <laughs> Welcome to the recursive episode of... <laughs> uh, I thought this was pretty good. I liked, you know, as always, I like the uh, lessons that Mark Russell is teaching us here. I don't. But they weren't so heavy handed, if, if you don't mind me jumping in. I mean, like, do you I feel mean, like he's getting a little bit softer in his like a little softer touch? I feel like I think he's learning to not use all of his lesson on every single page. Mm -hmm. And so, like, this issue has like three or four things, three or four um like morals from an Aesop's fable instead what, what, of yeah. one every six panels. Uh, do you remember any of them? <clears throat> Could you, I would be very interested well, yeah, in there's, what you extrapolated there. There's like the, the uh, indictment on companies using people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, there's the, the weirdness of every time he, like he only has one 
job to do on this whole spaceship and it's to push a button to recycle the oxygen and it the whole ship smells like peanut butter for an, about an hour after that <laughs> like i don't know what the lesson is there but it's it's Very mark kind of like mark russell uh exercise in uselessness by a human yeah um yeah no i i, th- I think you're <laughs> right i just you know didn't think of it as much from the viewpoint of kind of like dissecting a Flintstones episode, you know, issue mm-hmm. of like kind of what are the issues there. Um, but I think you're totally right. They're totally in there. I would, I just like, I guess maybe I've slipped into the place of looking at his stories more like linearly and less right. like kind of like looking at from the outside or something. Cause I think that that's a really, I, I like that about his stuff. And, and, and it like, is all the, the, the beef thing was a very Mark Russell thing. Hit him in the beef. Well, yeah, and, just like the the reveal of this being a beef company that oh is yeah like funding yeah. him to go <laughs> to go to space. It's like not America or anything, but a beef company made the bid. The ever since I I like had some Facebook conversation with him at some point, and I messaged I messaged him, and I was like, oh, it was it was for the um the other Ahoy book uh with basically like Jesus hanging out with Superman. Oh yeah, yeah, second coming, second coming, and. uh I was like, oh, yeah, I think this thing's really funny. And then he he pointed out, oh, yeah, every time God leaves a scene, he says, well, I got a jet or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm always looking for those things that he throws in there. And in this one, it was uh, when the guy was imagining hanging himself and his mm-hmm. landlord comes in and says, what in blue Kentucky? That's <laughs> 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 like that is a line that Mark Russell should be proud of and probably is like yeah well done buddy <laughs> yeah. yeah i could have done with a little more word balloons and a little less uh dialogue boxes in this you know i didn't think that until you mentioned it i mean it, it i guess when i start a mark russell book i know that i'm i just kind of immediately flip a, a switch where i'm like okay this is going to be like a you know a text text-based thing um yeah. but there's also always like lots of humor in the art but yeah it definitely took a while to get through um so yeah maybe more it is mostly journal entries you're right which also kind of makes sense for the story because like yeah it's his journal but then also in terms of an execution of a comic book it would have been easier to read with more bubbles that's for sure do you like it roman i i did is and you know i never saw um uh what was that movie the martian but is Mm -hmm. i I assumed that was a nod because in the martian is most of his stuff journaling i don't know i don't Remember. I just remember the action <laughs> he, parts and, and that the guy's thing and his poo thing, a thing with, with poo potatoes, <laughs> potatoes. No, don't, don't spoil it. I haven't seen it. And his name's, his name's Mark Watney, right? He does <laughs> something with his pee and his poop. I love that <laughs> movie. I, I do too. I've only seen it one time. I it's just got poo in it. Can I, can I, can we, can we take a step backwards? Can we go backwards in time and try and repeat some elements of that? But all of us uh, say the word poop and pee multiple times, but try to be dead serious about it. Okay. All right. Okay. You ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. Say the thing about the Martian, Roman. The, the, the journaling on the Martian. Wasn't oh, that yeah. What... Is that what he does in the Martian, Django? Yeah. I don't know. I just remember like him doing stuff with his pee and his poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I remember he had to do some mad science stuff with his poop and his pee. <laughs> that was exactly what my mom was complaining about. <laughs> that was Matt Matt Pooman, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was he, he was, she was complaining about this? Yeah, I know. Can't you like, see how much fun we're having? With the podcast or just in general? 
Oh, and your fascination with fart oh, jokes and poo in general. Yeah. No, that's you. That's you. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, you, 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 so potatoes. you think it was a nod. It was potatoes. Yeah, you think it was a nod to the Martian in that, which I, I would believe. Yeah, I can't remember if that whole thing takes place as like a recorded message or something. Well, Roman hasn't even seen it, and he's yeah. Well, then I, I, I might, okay. I just, I might just make, make. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that. What in blue Kentucky? Speaking what? of making a claim, yes, that's why they're sending him. Uh huh. So a guy's got cancer and he's gonna die, and a company pays him to go be the first person to land on Mars to claim it because uh, other people would need to develop the science for a return trip, and he's gonna die, so they don't worry about that. They're just like, here, go claim this for us for this beef. Beef. You, you realize this is kind of the whole story of the X Men and Krakoa. Oh my god! And, and, they, an, an Iraq, an Iraqi, Iraqo, whatever. Iraqo. Oh yeah, they're going to go colonize Mars. Yeah, they claimed it before anybody else could. Mark Russell should write an X Men book. He should. Um, guys, I was torn between giving it a nine and a nine point five. <clears throat> I give it a nine point five. I give it a nine. <sighs> oh, I didn't even notice on the cover that in the background there's a hazy pyramid. Holy crap! Oh, you're right, and a dot <laughs> at the top of it. Yeah. Ooh. Like 9.5 yeah i <laughs> um, pyramids of mars the, the most most interesting mark russell number one that i've read in a, quite a while definitely you top like of the pops for me you like that last page when he's looking out the window at mars but like there's something wrong with the way those robots are hanging out around him i don't trust yeah. those robots yeah they're they're up to something they're smoking a cigarette it's a weird title traveling mars traveling to mars where's the oh it's tiny yeah there's a little right, two i there. like it better a tiny okay. two. Okay. All right. Um, guys, any things you guys read you want to talk about? Anything you're curious about? What's uh how are you how's your jimmies? You like the sprinkles on your ice cream. Man, huh? Superman Son of Cal made me cry. Really? I almost I've kind well, of checked almost. out of that book. How's it <laughs> no. going? I, I welled up just because there's some great scenes between Clark and John now that Clark's back on Earth. Um yeah, so in Dark Crisis, Superman shows back up. How's that oh. Clark's return coming? Is that but that's a back? that's a different Clark's return, right? Because he was he was off on War World in the main DCU. Oh yeah, because he came back from his World War World uh, War War mission in Action Comics in Dark is, Crisis. He's well, back no, no, from no, being no, 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 no. Yeah, in Dark Crisis he comes back. Okay, okay. So in Dark from Crisis being he comes gone. back from being dead. Gone. Superman, son of Kal-el. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly is, dead with the Justice League is War World. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's very <clears throat> confusing. It is. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's all black label. Okay. Still <laughs> very confusing. It's just two very similar threads that have been sewn very close to one another. Okay. Cool. So then, so he's back. Okay. That's cool. How? What? Has that felt good? It has. It has. Like in this issue. I mean. I mean, there was a great. Uh, the only good thing in like this week's Dark Crisis issue was uh, the two Supermans, John, like fighting dark side and everybody and then yeah. his dad comes and rescues him and that was a great moment that was great but but in this in these comics i mean this is just great because john's in the hospital at the end and clark shows up and they finally start talking and because john hasn't told his dad yet that he's that he's uh that he's gay or bi or pan or whatever he is and so they finally start to have a little bit of that conversation but instead it segues into clark apologizing for um well, he starts to apologize for being gone, but but John's like, well, no, it's that doesn't bother me. It bothers me that you didn't take me with you, and and you know that you'd never come back. And it's just a great moment. Hmm. They've turned it into this sort of like five or six part crossover <laughs> thing. It's going between like action, Superman, Son of Kal El, and is it then a third book as well? Is it? I thought 
Or maybe it's just in this one, and I just thought it was crossing over between things. It might be crossing over with uh, action and... I guess it just, I felt, I, I remember feeling like, I wish that they just kind of did a two issue or a one issue, like him coming back and put the emotions all into that one. But then you're describing these conversations. I'm like, actually, that's pretty cool. I would love to unpack that scene of him, yeah. Clark, or yeah, John. They, they, <laughs> talking yeah, they've been my up. favorite, all these different conversations, because Clark also has a uh, talk with his dad, Jonathan, of just about, you know, kind of like, dad, what, you know am I messing this up with my own son and his dad reassuring him that no, no, you're not. And that's a nice scene too. And there's some action things that happen too, but I mean, I didn't even care really. Cause I was just like, let's get back to Clark and John and Clark and his dad. And, and Jay, those- you're not reading this cause you're not into Tom Taylor, right? Hate him. Okay. So this is another <laughs> Tom Taylor book that you're not reading. Okay. 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 <clears throat> no, I dropped off. I don't know. Probably around issue 12, maybe, maybe a Taylor hater. Maybe around issue three, I really didn't I like. It was, yeah, it was really early. I really didn't like what they were doing with. Uh, John just seemed like a butthead, and I didn't yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah, I hear it. Um, Roman, was that the best issue of this arc? Um, of the Calal Returns arc? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if I can't remember again if it's just in this series or if it's crossing over <clears> multiple <throat> things. Um, but I'm just curious, what is the the best issue of it? Like, where when you take something like you know, Kal-El returns or whatever and spread it over like five issues. It's like, okay, well, where is the the moment where that happens or where, you know, the, the catharsis that you're actually hoping for? Um, I'm not sure if it's, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the best issue because between action and this title, it all kind of blurs together for me. So I mm-hmm. forget what happened in each issue. Um, this, this is, if this, this isn't the best, it's really close, but then we've got, I think at least one more part to the story coming up. Similar to dark crisis, which you mentioned well, sorry, what was your score for that one? It oh, almost for... made you cry. That's got to be a 10, right? Son of Kal-El. Um... Two, I hate crying. <laughs> <laughs> crying makes me feel weak. <clears throat> um, looking for my score. Oh, yeah. I get, well, I get him a nine. I mean, I wish the art was better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said that the only good part about Dark Crisis was the Superman came back, but it came back from a different thing. There's it... also some, like, kind of cool pictures of, like, Pariah getting disintegrated and stuff, right? Oh yeah, yep. there's some there's some cool art. It was just the only moment that stuck out to me among all the fighting was, and it was still among the fighting that you know Superman saving his son Superman. Can we do a state of the union on Dark Crisis right now? We haven't talked about the last issue or two of this. We're all, we're all reading this, Django. You're reading this? Oh yeah, I read it. Where are we? Where are we at? What do you guys think? What 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 do we think about this thing? As it's almost done now. Well, fuck Deathstroke right in the sword is what I think. I agree. I think that it's a little hard to, I mean, like when the final page reveals that like Deathstroke is now like teaming up with the ancient darkness or whatever, like and possessed by it, I think. Yeah, that's pretty lackluster. I don't know. Deathstroke never really holds much water for me. It's I think it's Deathstroke breaking for me. Like now we all have to look back on that time that Deathstroke was possessed by this darkness and and beat all the heroes. And I think that sucks even worse than I usually think Deathstroke sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's Deathstroke in this in that series has been pretty lackluster is a great word for it. I mean, I don't even like the fact he's running around without his without his cool hood on. Yeah, and his when, costume he would, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, when he was a Teen Titans villain, specifically, or Justice League or Batman villain, he can be pretty interesting, but he hasn't been interesting in, in the Dark Crisis, I don't think. I'll tell you what I did like was that panel of John flying up to start punching um 
dark side pariah doomsday eclipso <laughs> and uh black lantern like oh and aries that takes some balls yeah and <laughs> yeah. necrons there yeah god i love necron yeah said necron. um yeah i'm just like okay so what was this thing so the just just the guys i'm confused because the just league doesn't look like they're dead but as i was told that they were dead uh i, I don't know it's it's weird i guess this crisis has sort of the feeling <clears throat> I don't know. It was seemed like it went quick and was chaotic. I guess like maybe what the, many of the complaints are about like Final Crisis, but like not making like mechanical sense. I don't know. Or like Dark Knight's Metal. It felt like that. Like uh, big things happening. Very little weight has been felt for me at any given moment. Like the return mm-hmm. of all the heroes was cool in this. I liked that. At the same time, I always say that like I love seeing parallel Earths and the skies being red and all the bad. Like I mean that's always going to be a thing I'll read. And I think is cool, but it's um, even within that. Yeah. It's just a weird, I don't know. Dark crisis. Just I'm theories without weight. I'm tracking this a lot better than I tracked final crisis. Hmm. Um, but I care about it a lot less. I just, there's been a bunch of tie-ins and I don't know which ones are important or not important. I was reading a bunch at the beginning, but now there's been a bunch like the worlds without ones or like the ones that are part of main series or the one shots, like the, yeah. Um, you know, this Robin one's coming up, the Swamp Thing one that came out. And as to which one's important or not, I'm not, it seems even more confusing than a normal crossover for me. And like, I, I didn't read the Swamp Thing one, but it seems like that had some important stuff in it. Apparently it did, but I, in this issue of Dark Crisis, it did refer to, as revealed in Swamp Thing, the green or right. whatever. And I was thinking, huh, <laughs> I read, I read that. I don't remember anything important Sounds being revealed. <laughs> They've referenced that issue in the last two or three issues of this and i tried to read it and i i hated it yeah and i read it i don't remember anything significant (laughs) happening (laughs) i thought it was really funny this time batman shows up on a motorcycle and runs into the back of a lion and it says what the heck is jace fox doing here check out i am batman 15 and all i could think was a, he needs a costume that sets him apart from Bruce Wayne, and B, no, I will not check out <laughs> I Am yeah. Batman 15. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that Heroes came back. <clears throat> sure. Roman, were you about to say something? Sorry. Oh, no, I just, that I that made me laugh, too, the Jace Fox showing yeah, up, because I'm not reading I Am Batman, and even though I worked in the shop, I'd forgotten that that's still a series. All the time. I forget that that's <laughs> yeah. a thing. I was like, oh, this guy's still a time. Batman. Okay. This is the longest three-issue miniseries ever. Yeah. Is he, is he in Gotham too at the same time Bruce is? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Read issue 15. It'll tell you. <laughs> um, but again, even <clears throat> that sort of middling review, like aside, I I think that I love watching DC, main DC events happen. Like it's still, you know, fun superhero stuff going on here. I don't, you know, I, like, yeah. I got to admit, like, and this whenever you have a panel of dark side shooting out his Omega beams and they're, and they're like mm-hmm. blasting in midair and, and against Superman's heat vision. That's cool. That's always cool. And it's well drawn. So it's got that going for it. I'm going to give so, it a seven and a half. You're right on with me, Django. I gave it a seven and a half. Yeah. Yep, I gave it a seven. I'd oh. also like to point out that at some point it went from a six issue series to a seven issue series. Yeah, so they, they probably planned for this, 32 page fight scene to be a one shot, but then realized nobody would buy the one shot. So they just <laughs> folded it in. I'm going to turn my heat down. I'm going to get a whiskey. <clears throat> I'm going to do a little song. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. That's all I know of that song. Jeez, I don't know. Huh. You know, because Michigan J. Frog, he sings it in that cartoon. Oh, we're back. 
wow, the Fantastic Four number one cover and the New Golden Age number one covers like use very similar covers. I mean, which colors. one do you want to? Which one do you want to talk about now, Roman? It almost it almost looks like they could be one universe. Which one do you want to talk about now? <clears throat> yeah, they kind of mirror each other too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, oh, we could do both. Let's do both. Okay, which one do you want to talk about first? I don't, I don't know. Did you read FF? You yeah. bet your ass I did. Oh, good. Yeah. You good. bet Jeff's ass I did. Yeah. Well, Roman, as our resident Fantastic Four fan, what did you think about this? It's a new Fantastic Four series. It's written by Ryan North and art is by Ivan Coelho, I believe. Yep. I, I, you know, I think I like it. Um, I liked it. It was a little, it's a Ben Grimm story. And, you know, I love Ben Grimm. Yep. Uh, I don't love the way that Coelho draws his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's just his, his, the mid part of his face is too long. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a black label thing. Uh I I do think the art is the weakest part of this because, like, it's almost kind of like Bagley, Peter Bagley, Mark Bagley, Mark Bagley esque, uh, you know, like, which is just a weird art style to choose for a new Fantastic Four series in 2022. (laughs) It it is, especially because I'm not sure if that's Alex Ross art on the. on the title page, but the title page and the covers, great. And then, the, and then the interior art is fine, but it just looks a little too, kind of, yeah, Mark Bagley house style. It's so house styly, yeah, yeah. But the story was cool. Uh, ben and Alicia are on a road trip and end up in this town that's in a time loop. I guess it's basically Groundhog Day that Ben and Alicia get stuck in Groundhog Day, um, all because of this one guy who's brokenhearted because his girlfriend left him and it turns out he has a power he didn't know which keeps them keeps this town in in a groundhog day situation um and ben and leash have to salt have to figure out how to get out of it i loved it sorry Django. please wasn't there a twilight zone episode that was really similar to this like right down to the hotel and the the day looping classic twilight zone or the black and black and white maybe i i I don't remember probably maybe that's what it is it's Based not the on. most original concept, that's for sure. No, but it was really well executed. I think so, too. I even like at the start of this comic, like they repeat the page exactly front to back and then a third time it changes. But like I was like, is this comic printed incorrectly? Like I like, thought maybe <laughs> there was an error. My first thought was, oh, now we got to go check all those comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun and funny. Um, <clears throat> but. Like I, I, you know, I love that. I liked how, how the thing, and even the conceit of like when they find it, it's like this person. He's like a mutant or a superpower, but you know, he has the power to make a wish come true, but no one would remember it. So he gets stuck in this situation of repeating a day where, like, that, yeah, that was pretty well done. Um, yeah, I liked the the kind of hints that, like, so you know, on the one hand, you're like, okay, this is just a Ben Grimm and Alicia story for a Fantastic Four number one, which I'm cool with because I was enjoying it the whole time through. But then at the end there, you're like, they allude to, like, this being time off, you know, after what Reed did to New York. And there's, like, this giant hole in New York that, like, all right, well, that's a pretty great, you know, cliffhanger. And uh, the write-up at the back back by Ryan North kind of has him describing these four rules that he always incubated – this whole run with the Fantastic Four are fun. The Fantastic Four are adventurers. The Fantastic Four can do anything. The Fantastic Four are accessible. And that's a similar thing to like what Hickman did, which is he sort of created these foundational rules that always must be true for Fantastic Four stories and then built around that. So I just like the approach and the deference. And I like that write up. And um, so, this, yeah, I like the story a lot. The art was kind of a mystery 
thing for me, but it had one of my favorite lines of dialogue of the entire week um, when they go and talk to the dude, the heartbroken guy, and they like try to address it with him in several different ways. But you can't really convince this, you know, a person to think differently, especially if he has to restart every time. So they try it from different methods. But in consoling him about like a broken heart, Alicia says, um, you know, like, yeah, breakup suck. But then my friend Joey told some told me something that helped a lot your relationship isn't a failure just because it didn't last until one of one or more of the people in it were dead. That's not love. That's cockfighting. Uh, the last line you could take or leave, but just that idea of a relationship, the success of a relationship, not being measured by the duration of time that a relationship exists, but you know, the amount that's learned the experience. I was like, that's fucking profound guys. Yep. Well-worded. <clears throat> that's a little yeah. bit of comics being medicine. I, I really like this and I'm going to be on the other side of the art from you guys. I oh, thought you the art like was, it. I did. Uh, some of it was a little goofy, but I really liked the body language in it. Like I, I thought the thing's body language was really good. And when the little kid runs away from them out of the truck and he's like almost running in midair on the panel where he jumps out of the truck, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and even on that page, like at the bottom of that page thing, slumping his shoulders and Alicia giving him a hug, like, I thought that was good. I really enjoyed the just how patient these two were with this ridiculous situation that they were in. Yeah. Right. So they just like, oh, all right, well, we'll just kind of muddle through this until we solve it. Um, and the the panel where the thing smashes that dude's truck was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Like with the yeah. light, the light flashing out past his body, and yeah, I I thought and this the- was a really good comic. And the moments when they sort of like fast forward through the couple's life with oh. all the like two pages, like that was great. Dude, that got me. I don't think that the art was unskilled. It to me was just unoriginal. Like it, it just feels like a lot of other things. But I do. I mean, like even like you know, it's it's very well done for what it is, the style of art that it is. Well, in those panels, they they do that panel trick with like panels going off the bottom of the yeah. page a few I, times and. Yeah just what that was conveying i thought was interesting and yeah. showing the that couple's life over the course of two pages was awesome super well done yeah i totally agree oh, yeah, well, i'm, I'm, I'm in i'm ready for the next yeah. one yeah yeah me too i'm pumped about it 8.0 roman um checking 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 oh i gave it an eight what do you know nice i gave it a nine i loved it but i don't think that's probably terribly surprising considering i got okay. emotional about that one thing pick pick a fantastic four artist who, who do you wish it was like it doesn't matter who's writing it. Who would you want the artist to be? Um, and Alex Ross is a cop out, but you can pick him. I mean, oh, give me, I don't know, Chris Burnham. Uh, I, again, you know me, I just prefer art. that's like not house style, even if it's like, you know, like Chris Burnham versus um, anybody else. Why can't I think of anyone? But I mean, I've loved oh, but, like Mike Allred also comes to mind. Um, oh, Mike Allred would be awesome. Yeah, and he did that one, you know, yeah. I'm thinking of like the with so I, I'm thinking of a bunch of the ones that I have happened that I've dug. Did um, Burnham do Fantastic Four ever? No. Okay. No. Um, but I don't know, like again, I liked I don't I don't think it's not skilled art, but it's, no, it, no, no, it's re- like, very t- reminiscent of a lot of other comic art. Totally removed from from that part of the conversation. Yeah, like, so who would I like to see? Uh, I love I like Chris Burnham. See- I don't want to see him draw the shadow. Um oh I would love that. I mean it's kinda like the Riley Rossman one. Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, oh, we loved it. Um, <laughs> did Nick Dragata just recently do a Fantastic Four one? Dude, Nick Dragata is who I first... thought of when I thought of that question. I was like, I want to see Nick Dragata do this. Yeah, I can't remember what like normal 
issue he did just recently that like he was drawing normal people. Oh, it was amazing. Like Spider Man. Yeah. 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 Um, Mitch Garrods would be awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking at my shelf now. A whole bunch of them, but ones that <laughs> like again, like ones that have a style. Ones that like you look at the art and you're like, oh, that's this person. Like Adam where, where, yeah, where you can only the only way that you can kind of understand it for me is by putting it into the place of associating with who it is. Whereas, you know, this fantastic art, it could be Bagley or it could be yeah any number. Even no, like, that's, yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. Oh, I tooted. Um, oh. Dude, okay, Roman, did you read the New Golden Age? Oh, you, you, were, you picked yeah. between Fantastic Four and the New Golden Age. Did you, did you, Django, you read it as well. I did. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved did it. Did you? Cool. I loved it too. Yeah. Well, it was I don't just know shocking because it's society, society of whatever is. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I even loved when I saw the cover. I even loved that because I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's the CW Stargirl cast in the middle of the swirl there." Oh, nice! And she comes out next week with uh, the next part of this story. Yeah, also by Jeff Johns, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that sounds like something I maybe didn't order enough of. Yeah, I loved. I loved that it showed some amount of thought for a bunch of stuff that has happened in the last like seven years for us, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like the doomsday clock thing and yep. those characters and like the, you know, the button um, and, and that like the end, I forgot like, yeah, the end of doomsday clock is this kind of ambiguous thing where it's like kid Dr. Manhattan, sh- you know? And like, yeah. then we see his like forehead in here, but it also shows the flashpoint globe. Um, it shows a bunch of different things that have been happening and introduced through various things over, you know, a period of time. And, I just can't think of somebody I'd rather have do it than Jeff Johns. And of course he's been the one kind of associated with some of those stories, but I guess, and a thing that has maybe reduced my enjoyment on some of the things that have come out of his in the last like five years that I mentioned is that uh, there, we it sort of alluded to a larger thing that didn't have resolution. And I don't know that this thing is going to be that, but there was always like a kind of another question posed at the end of his things. And a lot of those questions are sort of coming together within this and the fact that he made me care about any of those time masters is insane (laughs) and alternate universe everybody yeah and made us curious about these new characters that are gonna get introduced yeah there there was so much going on in here and i don't know anything about the jsa and so i'll bet roman got even more out of this than i did yeah man everything you guys said and i love the fact that john's worked in uh i was really surprised when we turned the page there's no page numbers here uh we turned the page and see uh november 22nd 1976 and it's the um justice society and the super squad because in 1976 they brought back the justice society one of the many times they brought it back um in an all-star squadron i think it was called title that didn't last very long but wally wood did some of the artwork and they're in here that period when and it's when Power Girl was first introduced. Yeah. Um, and she was just like always angry and pissed off and <laughs> raging. And they worked and they brought that back, which I really didn't expect. Um, so they're working in all the Justice Society stuff from from the Golden Age up to now. I mean, we even see Fate when we're in Doctor Doctor uh, Doctor Fate's tower in Salem. And there's all these dead Dr. Fates all over the place. And one of them's even awesome the, the, yeah, yeah, one of them's even the lame 90s uh fate character who doesn't have a helmet, he just has a sword. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that red one with the bandolier or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and, okay. and he was famously hated, <laughs> but he's sense. in here. <laughs> Dude, okay, that's I didn't realize those were all drawn as different Dr. Fates. 
if I had a criticism, it would be that I do not like the antagonist in this. And I know you're not supposed to like the antagonist, but he just looks like somebody forgot to do a character design and they just decided on something. So he's just like this kind of orange haired guy in a trench coat, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, and I'm very curious if that's I mean, I have guesses who that is, if it's Johnny Sorrow, who's an old doctor or old uh, JSA villain, or if it's Paradegaton, who's also an old uh, Justice Society Golden Age villain, who's a redheaded guy, um, world conqueror who did time travel stuff. Well, I'm sure I don't know either of those <laughs> names that you mentioned, but do you know this name, Jeff? What? Jerry Ordway. I do know Jerry. Ordway. Hey. I want him to draw all Justice Society comics from now on. Um, which ones did he do in here? He did like the. Did he do the, the 1976 one? This shot here. Uh, no, he did the page before that because that one's almost Steve Lieber esque. Well, it might be Steve. Oh, Lieber. actually, it's he probably Steve pages. Lieber. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did the a couple pages later when it's Alan Scott and uh, Derby Dickles. Oh, and like down the street, Birdman looking Birdman. And I, like, yeah, like everybody. Oh, when the JSA. Yeah, that's okay. him. Okay. Yeah, yeah I like on. him. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they're on trial in front of the, uh, oh, what's his name? Hearings, which was another thing. I was like, oh, my God, they worked that in that one shot from the 70s where the JSA was forced to retire because they were called before the, you know, the anti-communist hearings, Senator McCarthy and told to either reveal their identities or disappear. And they were like, well, I guess we're retiring. (laughs) So that that really happened in the in the 70s comics. Yeah, there's a oh, yeah. Cool. There's a mini series of one shot called America versus the Justice Society where that oh. all happened. <laughs> nice. I love the subtle Watchmen tie-ins. I could have done without the Watchmen mobile above Baby Clark. Above Baby um, Clark. Uh on on the page with the Dr. Manhattan forehead. Like uh Marionette and Mime are painting the bedroom purple and above the baby's crib. It's got hanging letters that spell Watchman. Oh, oh um, it does. I like I did, that. I didn't even notice it. I and like that, that baby, I don't know if you guys remember, but that baby is Silk Spectre and um, uh, Dan Dryberg, the it, Night Owl's baby who got placed with Mime and Marionette for whatever in reason. In Doomsday Clock, right? Doomsday Clock. And okay. then the lady hanging out with Bubastis on the next couple panels is, I think she was in the the most recent issue of Flashpoint. Flashpoint Beyond, yeah. Her name's Nostalgia, named after Ozymandias' perfume, which jury's out on that concept. But I think um, uh, I think I like this a lot. I liked it a lot, and I, it's because well, for a variety of reasons. But I think what Jeff Johns does better than anybody, and what I feel like has been lacking from the DC universe from a while, for a while, is that is the tone that Jeff Johns particularly writes with, where like he makes you both feel like you don't know anything about this wonderful world of comics but you know enough to keep going forward and he's going to like teach you it's like this very it's very inviting and gives you that feeling of like oh man i want to read all these stories mysteries and like it's the kind of thing that i feel like metal lacked entirely Mm -hmm. which is you know just this sense of like fun being in the history and the world of these characters and being able to um, make you feel a part of that. Uh, and I yeah. think it's a really hard thing to try and put words to, but he does it so well. And it makes me feel in love with the history of these things, even though I don't know enough to actually be in love with it. Yeah. Do you think that um, 
that the, the Helena Wayne in here is going to grow up to be the Huntress. Is John's using the Tom King, Batman and Catwoman relationship? No, Hard I think that's say. from the uh, DC Presents where Helena Wayne first appeared in Unearthed 2, I believe it was, where yeah. Bruce and Selina have a baby. Yeah. And yeah, I think and that's, that's a that's a different character that, that's a different story than the tom king one right i think so. i don't think they've overtly <laughs> told us that but yeah i think that's what we've inferred since you know kind of making that distinction in the tom king annual one but i yeah. think it is yeah a question i mean the the fact that they do the huntress logo like they do makes me think you know what Django is saying is right um not that rango's or roman saying anything opposite of that but um but like you know, she becomes Batman in the Tom King one, right? Like she yeah. became, oh, you know, she does. She okay, Huntress. So, <clears throat> oh, okay. So it is the original Earth Two, Helena Wayne. Huntress. That was what I got from it. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Jeff John wants to ignore everything Tom King's ever tried to put into canon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel would like, also expect him to have, I don't know, appreciated as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I like that. I feel it feels like Jeff Johns is gonna do with the JSA what. Uh, Grant Morrison do with Batman where it's just okay every JSA story all matters and it all counts and it all fits together somehow and I'm going to show you how <laughs> yeah I want to believe that and he also wrote JSA for a long time that is a yeah. highly revered mm-hmm. run that I've never read which I'd like to which is oh, the yeah. first time I've wanted to I know me too and it's again that's the thing is he can make you interested in characters that you weren't otherwise you know like that's for me Green Lantern you know in yeah. read other characters yeah, yeah I gave this one I, again, I was torn between nine nine point five. I'm going to say nine point five, and I guess I'm not even going to be docking it for the kind of art that's all over the place because I kind of liked it. It was like a fun amuse bouche of arts that, mm. you know. Well, and they they did it in a way that made sense. Right, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't just like scattershot. Copy. You get these four pages randomly. Yeah. It was each era had its own kind of thing or or something yeah, similar. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Also, yeah. Oh man, this is so much fun. And I love the fact that he's, he's in this whole mystery about these heroes that disappeared and nobody remembers. And some of them he's created whole cloth, other ones like first appeared in infinity incorporated number one or new frontier. Um, So he's using a mix. That's so much fun. Um, I gave it a 10. It was my 10 of the week. Ew. It's on my chest. I'm going to read a star girl comic because of this. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell? It says the next one's in Justice Society of America number one. Yeah, it says that, but the the Star Girl comic is all about the missing, yeah, okay. the missing people. kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, if it wasn't directly a part of this, I should order some more right now. Um, Probably not a bad idea. Um, yeah, and I think that it, it's coming out at a pretty perfect time. Like the fact that it's working in tandem with Dark Crisis and Flashpoint Beyond, like all of those things are fitting together in a way that is <laughs> not normal for comics. <laughs> I just I just realized okay this is this is large but okay. last week I listened to you guys do the podcast and at some point Roman asked if, if something was black label and it sounded like like the the implication was that if it's not black label then it's probably main continuity but DC has lately said ah oh, continuity schmontinuity everything is anything and we don't care and so for them to have 3 Big events happening at once, trying to get a handle on their continuity and like rolling continuity around as if it matters while at the same time saying continuity doesn't matter is like the most perfect allegory for comic book 
fuckery. behind the scenes right now. Just like it doesn't matter, but these ones matter. But they don't matter. But these ones matter. Right. Anyway, I've did you guys twenty more? Yeah. Nice. Did you guys read Specs? I did. I did. did you like it a lot? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing special. Nothing we haven't read before. No, like basically no surprises and i thought it was excellent yeah i thought it was really really good um you're right no nothing roman did you you didn't read it i did not okay i think you would like it very much roman uh you should read it i would go as far as to say that all right i think that the way that the closeted character was written was fantastic because the premise Mm -hmm. of this whole thing being that you have these glasses that can grant a wish and it's he and his best friend that find it and obviously his best friend straight or maybe is um and you know he you, as they realize these glasses could make these wishes you know granted the whole thing being like he has the power to make that person care about him but also it would then have been a wish so therefore not real like that age-old dilemma i just thought the way that they combined that issue with this particular premise was fantastic and then remembering that it's a horror thing which i kind of forgot about just in the interpersonal stuff within it which because i thought the interpersonal stuff was just so good yeah, yeah. I did. I I liked it very much. I thought the art was above totally serviceable. Like, oh yeah, it it, it was not great, but it was good and unique. Yeah, I, th- I thought the art was real solid. I thought that the like it's basically a horror monkey's paw from the back of a comic with some like uh, gay coming of age stuff. Really good. Yeah, really really good. I I really liked both of the characters, and I really didn't like the bully. Um, but I don't think he deserved whatever happened to him. And I hope, I kind of hope we don't find out what happened to him. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, even recently we were talking about, uh, like breaking bad. And I was like, how do you not like root for the main character? Cause he's a piece of shit. And you were just like, well, I just don't, you know, like I don't necessarily uh, let it be a story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I do a different thing with it, which I think is equally valuable. But, um, in this, I thought they did a fantastic job of making you care equally about both protagonists while having one be the one that like is actually the writer of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was just like to make you care that much about two people kind of equally almost was, I thought just really well done when one is given like as the protagonist. Yeah. Um, so very, very interesting, very well done. I really, really, really liked it and i guess it's kind of in that boom art house style which is above totally acceptable you know it's like that I was it's trying in to the see, like grown-up boom style though yeah yeah like uh adjacent to uh something's killing the children and not orcs yeah yeah right? exactly. or flavor yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so that's uh specs from boom by david m boer and illustrated by chris sheehan if sheehan. you told me this was a stephen king adaptation i would have believed you yeah like it's it's got that kind of of coming of age gravitas and like coming of age gravitas which i guess this just applies to but yeah just kind of like b 80s horror you know like the kind of movies that i would see in the the video store on vhs when i was a kid walking around trying to find anything to rent just being like what are all these yeah i roman and i consider that to be a a genre i associate you with cool thank you yeah it does sound good uh roman you got anything else to spit out that you're interested in talking about or are we going to talk um, about Wildcats or Spider-Man? <laughs> what? Wildcats? There was a Wildcats book? Oh, that's right. There was. Um, you didn't read it. Django, did you read Wildcats? No, I didn't no, read it's... Wildcats. Well, fuck. Okay. Matt How many Rosenberg? fucking times can I get started on Wildcats? It's sure to get canceled before they can finish the goddamn story. Hey, we yeah, who... read all of the Warren Ellis one. Who's, who's, writing, finished? 
Oh, that's right. You did. Who's writing this Wildcats? We loved it. John Davis hunted the art. We read that. We talked about almost every episode of the podcast. He promised three more years of that that story. Yeah, that's true. And they put it out slow, and it never had a period at the end. That's true. That's true. Well, last five Wildcat number ones have been truncated for one reason or another. So, Matt Rosenberg, if you can finish this and tell us honestly that it's over, I'll read it in trade. It'll be the only trade I read next year. I feel like I got a sense of closure with that other series, but yes, I do remember it was it was promised to be a, like a four series thing, and it was, was just salty about it. Wasn't. Yeah, I can feel the <laughs> salt you're spitting out here, buddy. Uh, this was uh, pretty good as far as I gave it an 8.0 or maybe 7.5. I don't know. Django just scared the piss out of me. Actually, to be honest. Um, uh, but uh, I do think that there is some like very cool fundamental, fundamental foundational world building stuff that happens in that wild storm wildcats universe that um, they keep trying to rebuild and it falls apart or whatever. Uh, and I thought that this gave a window into that that made me feel like, oh, maybe I could understand all that in the same way that that Warren yeah. Ellis one made me be like, oh, maybe I could understand all that. Maybe and, this is good. But it's got elements that are like, you know, from that other one that I'm like, oh, I see how that was a different thing version of it. Anyway, um, or maybe maybe just don't. Like is it, it. is it know. in the DC universe? No, I, I, yeah, it is I've got no DC judgment universe. on it yet. I haven't even read it. It's in the DC universe um, because something has happened with like Dark Crisis, maybe, or I don't think it's been fully revealed yet. But yeah, there's like some continuities are being brought together. Um, but there's even a guy in here who like there's a bar at one point. Let me pull it up because the dialogue and he's like this. It's Clark's bar. This guy's just zoom in on a scene and says they weren't zombies. They were infected with this thing called the anti-life equation. The whole planet was taken over. Superman, Batman, all those dudes. We fought as much as we could. But eventually we fled through the multiverse and ended up here. Now I made it my sworn duty to make sure nothing like that ever happens on this earth. And this guy's like, that's a pretty wild story, guy. Um, well, I'm a wild cat. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know who that guy was. Maybe it's this main character. Anyway, it makes me think that these characters came from. So I, I believe it's the main came DC from the deceased so, universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that they're like kind of trying to realign stuff. Oof, DC, get your shit in order. Yeah, this is a mess. Um, but I thought it was it was fun, but it was confusing. I'm going to give it a 7.5 actually for that. Are you going to keep reading it? Yeah, no, don't read don't dock one. it half a point because I'm an asshole. No, 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 no. I was just thinking that about poor the comic fact that the fact that like I was like, you know, I I was kind of confused and I shouldn't be excited about this. How many? <laughs> <laughs> I should be as cynical as that dick Django, <laughs> who just came back from vacation. <laughs> that was not a vacation, motherfucker. <laughs> you came back to be miserable about comic books. <laughs> so it looks like it's uh, unlimited series. Interesting. Yeah, but Rosenberg was did send a thing out. It was like, hey, if you guys do have any interest in supporting this, go tell your comic shop because it's probably not going to get that many orders, um, which was sweet. Well. I hope he I hope he pulls a fringe on it, wraps it up before the next on it trade paperback. Fringe. Did you guys read Billionaire Island? No. Yes. Jeff, it's Mark Russell. Tell him telling lessons. I don't usually read his stuff. I'm just kidding. Is that I true? love his stuff. No. What the what the <laughs> I think my favorite part of this Roman. <laughs> yes. Can you guess what it is? Has the banana the, paid off? The uh the giant dildo spaceships rocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's the dick yeah. rockets. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my favorite part. I thought there was some really funny stuff in here, but uh, that was there is. that was like pretty on the nose. Uh, Steve Pugh, who did the art on this Mark Russell comic uh, this week, 
posted on Facebook, hey, everybody, uh, Billionaire Island Cult of Dogs number one comes out this week. And I just want to remind you all, this was written and illustrated months ago. So anything that seems like it's very topical and in the news this week is a total coincidence. <laughs> Was that the penis spaceship? No, just like there's so much. I mean, there's a there's okay. a okay a virus going around that causes sterility that it seems like the government has created and unleashed mm-hmm. upon the nation. That's there's funny. like a, a a guy that inherited all social media and is not very good <laughs> at it and who really likes pudding. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like pudding. putting it in his mouth, the pudding in his yeah, pudding, he, he, he's pudding. He's, pudding. So, he's so out of touch, he doesn't really even understand what the things pudding. he's inherited oh, or what to do with them. He's got a lot of pudding, yeah, lots of lots of pudding, like sounds like social media ads to help you kill yourself, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning the easy way, um, <laughs> and some good swipes at Elon Musk in the art. Um, he's the He's the billionaire that died in the last series. I read the first two issues of the oh. first series. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is Mark Russell at his least subtle, which is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, man, I just love Steve Pugh. The the human, the human hotspot, $10 an hour to get internet from this human who sits around you. <laughs> yeah. His jokes and, and his faces. I mean, the face of the, uh, the creepy ass attendant to the Elon Musk standing mm-hmm. guy. I mean, that guy's face and his smile. It's, it's a little bit of Jack old Jack Nicholson. I mean, it's just, it's just creepy and threatening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought this was really good. I'd, I'd give it an eight and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I also get, wow. I also gave it an eight and a half. Nice. We like Mark Russell. I love you guys. Did you guys read the, um, we love you too. Roman, you can't just let that. Oh, <laughs> You're you gonna let that hang. It doesn't no. feel like you mean. Give my high five back. <laughs> Give my high five back. I love, uh, love, I love you. That felt there. Good. You go. Um, what else yeah. did you read, Roman? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys read any of the the three Spider-Man books that came out this week? Yeah, I read two of them. I'm not reading one of them only because I haven't been. Isn't Spider-Man the best? He is the best. No matter I which... love reading Spider-Man comics. Yeah, no matter which costume he's wearing. And this whole Spider-Verse thing, they're the best. There's some cool spiders out there. I'm not... So that one I haven't read only because who I didn't read you? all of the, like, Slot <laughs> run, who this is kind of the capstone of his whole run. So Spider-Man 2 by Slot and Bagley was good, I take it. Um, my favorite one this Spider-verse? week... Oh my gosh, my phone's vibrating, sorry. Mm. Um, uh, Actually, my favorite one was actually Amazing Spider-Man, but oh, second favorite of the Spider-Books was... Yeah, the Spider-Man two, just newcomer the, Dan Slot on Spider-Man. Yeah, Romans, okay, sorry, please. Just because there's some 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 new Spider-Verse Spider people out there, they've introduced that are are really fun, especially the the Craven Spider character, just because he's got an awesome costume because it's a combination mm-hmm. of Cravens and Spider-Mans, and it's just freaking cool. Roman, does that tie pretty heavily into the Straczynski run? Because it seems like it does. That like wasp character thing is like. Oh, um, yeah, I think it was the Straczynski run where Moreland was introduced. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the inheritors and this the black wasp things that are, of course, you know, uh, predators of spiders. Right. That series had so many consonants. It's Straczynski and Jer Jer. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Jer Jer. Yeah, Jer Jer. 
Um, well, Roman, so then you kind of imply that the, the bottom then of the three Spider-Man books would have been Spider-Man The Lost Hunt. Yeah, and I was... Did you read this? I did. Yeah, and I, I'm curious to... For me, I, I, I was kind of like, you know... I don't care about revisiting uh, that era of Spider-Man. I mean, the Lost Hunt or the Last Hunt was really good, um, but it, I don't. I feel like it's one of those comic stories. We don't need a sequel to it, and I kind of feel like, wow, is Demadius doing this because like he needs something to do? <laughs> Who's drawing it? Um, somebody I've never heard of. Uh, Eater, Eder, Eder, Messias, yeah. And they probably don't even have. Uh... Your friend and mine, Randy, Emberlin? Mike Zach, doing the oh. covers. Oh, I nope. was thinking Randy Emberlin doing the. Ink. <laughs> um, Somebody named Ryan Brown doing the covers. Oh, Ryan Brown is the uh, eight billion genies, right? Well, Ryan Brown oh. and like kills or the God hates astronauts. Yeah, yeah, um, but this doesn't look like him anyway. Um, but he has a digital art style. I guess this one's kind of maybe it's a different Ryan Brown. Um, you know, I don't hide it, but I don't love admitting it. But uh, you know, point of shame in my life is that I have not read Spider-Man: The Last Hunt or Craven's, Craven's Last Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would like to because I love Spider-Man comics, like I was saying. So I was like, I guess I'm kind of breaking some rule by reading this. I bet, but I'm gonna read this, and it takes place after Craven's Last Hunt, but also at kind of an indeterminate amount of time after because it just picks up on a kind of a random moment of '90s Spider-Man, right? Um, like kind kind of Clone Saga era, Peter and yeah. I did not think it was great. I gave it a seven point but I liked I liked it. Again, it was Spider Man. The art wasn't great. It was also like very housey, very samey. Um, some kind of cool monster stuff. But yeah, in general, like I was interested. I don't know. I I think that maybe I liked it more having not read Craven's Last Hunt and being like, okay, cool. Like, I know that story is really good. And this, you know, like it feels like it rides on the coattails of a fantastic story. So it, it, if you haven't read that fantastic story, it's just kind of elevated by the prestige of the one that it preceded or that preceded mm-hmm. this. Um, so I might, might not be giving it a fair shot, but I, I do think in general, any Spider-Man is probably better than no Spider-Man. Kind of like how I started at Jaws 2. Yeah, well, that's the one with the sh- the big shark. Yeah, you know, like it's a big ass shark in that one. Um, so I don't know. You've read Craven's Last Hunt, so like he li- he is Craven, and he's old. Oh, I wish. Thank you. For which part? He's Who are you thanking? Which so one he's... of us are you thanking? All, all all of that, all of that. You guys, you guys know how I love to like stalk around on the the rooftops of Beham this time of year in the freezing cold in my little, you know. Bomb. little fur vest and bare chested. And... Why isn't it raining more? I wish yeah. it was more rainy. <laughs> Rain more. Yeah. It's more of a challenge to hunt when it's raining and it's the it water. Can't, rain. can't yeah. wait until it's dark at 320. So oh, I can I go prowl. Yes. So I can predate her. Yeah, you can't you can't prowl in the stupid like winter sun blue skies. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Amazing uh, Spider-Man was good, man. I love Hobgoblins. Gold oh, Goblin? Yeah, yeah I like Gold yet. Goblin, well, but I like yeah. Hobgoblin a lot more. All right. All right. So we got three Spider-Man comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need three scores from well, two Hob- dudes. And one book had two Hobgoblins, which is great. Because oh. that's like, he's one of my favorite villains of all time. Hob Hobgoblin. Yeah. Not it's, it's it's got two hobgoblins on gliders it's got spider-man on a glider spider and it's and it's got the golden goblin shows up on a glider it's it's gliderific yeah it's it's glidetastic gob town 
I was a gab. I was a gob, aghast. Um, I really liked it. Uh, so Roman, you were you liked it a lot. What was your score for ASM? Uh, ASM number nine hundred seven. I gave an eight. Okay, so you like it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really, really liking the series. Obviously, I've talked about it a ton. Although I was not in love with the fact that this person who's been kind of orchestrating the hobgoblin stuff, it was revealed is like the red goblin lady. Oh yeah, I the goblin queen. I didn't read any of her stuff. Yeah, and that was like um, the Nick Spencer run, right? Or is that older? No, I think it is the Nick Spencer run. Yeah, and it's I didn't expect her, but I I guessed it was her because of you see her arm before right. you turn the page for the reveal. I was like, oh, it's her. So okay, okay, you'll have to tell me about her at some point. <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot about her. She didn't make an impression, but she's she's another goblin character. Sounds good to me. I think I, like I think she's make an impression. Yeah, I think she's more mystical maybe than scientific. Mm. Mm. Ew, maybe Ew. <laughs> she looks like um, a Jack Kirby creation. I gave ASM an 8.5 because I love goblins. And the more goblins, the better. If you can get two green goblins and two to three hobgoblins together with five gliders and a Spider-Man and a Spider-Man in a black costume, you just described my favorite possible event that could ever exist. I'm going to write it. You're, say- you're saying you want like a a group of goblins, a gaggle of goblins. I would say a gob of goblins. I like a gaggle better, though. A gaggle of goblins, I think, is probably better. But gob of goblins is really good. But I, I don't like that the three letters are repeated. Gaggle of goblins. You got Harry and Norman as the green goblins. And you got, you know, Ben Kingsley and all the other guys that are the hobgoblins. Um, <laughs> Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds. What an... Okay. What an, uh, tell me a comic book character, like side character's name that's better than Ned Leeds. Go. Chris Cornell. You can't do it. Oh, you can't do it. That's a musician. Yeah, Flash right. Thompson. Flash Thompson's pretty good. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you know, here's the problem with Flash Thompson, though. That name is so cool. It makes him think, like, it makes the the the, the uninformed child's mind think that that person's the main character. Or that, you know, That's, like, Flash uh, Thompson's an asshole. I remember being a kid and being like, well, he's got to be the hero, right? Nobody's Flash ever going to think that about Ned Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. was Ned a, was he a journalist? Yeah. Leeds. I think he was. Oh. Oh, oh. Wow. Man, never thought of that. A little on the nose, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way your brain works. Jim. My name's Clark Super. I'm <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had fun today, didn't we, everyone? Yeah, you and me and Roman and Bruce Punch, Batman. Jeff, what did you give uh, Spider-Man: The Last Hunt? I gave it a seven point oh. Oh, seven Yeah, I gave I gave it a seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't great, but. It felt like a time that's not right now. And there is some amazing comics coming out right now. But I think that some of the average everyday superhero stuff isn't as good as it could be. Or doesn't have the feeling of, I don't know. It was nice to return to the golden era. And not like that Justice Society book, which was a 10. Or a 9.5. Or a 9. I don't know. I think it was a 9.5. But I was thinking about Django's like whole cynicism thing. I might actually just give it a 9. Hmm. Bummer for comics in general. Stay away from me. See, now he's saying, now he's just casting aspersions on Django, my friend. He's saying, stay away from him. And he's saying comics in general. What? (laughs) You are toxic. Listen, I came back from the most toxic place on earth. Django, I'm so glad that you dodged the the hurricane, man. I was, yeah, I did dodge it. You, I did we, dodge it. We did have to. You video of a place that was flooded, like a whole town. Yeah, we had to flooded. drive through a bunch of water. We went from St. Augustine, Florida, which is below sea level, escaping a hurricane from there to go to New Orleans, which is also below sea level, but didn't have a hurricane. Was there any point where you thought we might not make it? It took us about an hour to drive out of 
St. Augustine. And while we were in traffic, backed up for blocks and blocks and blocks, like a quarter of the way up our wheels in water, there are a couple times that I thought if this traffic doesn't move, the water could easily come up and get in the car. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sweating it. Cause at that point there was zero that we could do about it, but I had those thoughts cause it was, so we weren't in the hurricane. The hurricane hit a few hours later, about 30 minutes South, but we were in a town that lives below sea level. That was soggy from a storm a few weeks ago during a full moon, high tide and a nor'easter pushing the water at us and a storm surge from the hurricane getting pushed at us. So things could have changed very quickly. Yeah. It's just, that had to have been what you were expecting when you and your girlfriend decided to celebrate your engagement by starting a podcast docu-series called Hurricane Chasers. November Hurricane Chasers. Everybody said, there's no hurricanes in November. <laughs> and we were like, no, we're going to go find us one. Next time, will you go to the exact spot that a big hurricane is happening? Sure. I mean, I we mean, were making not, a hurricane we were chasers pretty close. We were pretty close. You got to... Um, yeah, next time we'll do better. I'm sorry. Um, if you gotta risk it, I mean, you're not gonna get the biscuit if you don't risk it. And if you're trying to make a documentary called Wedding, w- Wedding Chase, sorry, Waiting Chasers, Hurricane Chasers, <laughs> Waiting Chasers. Yeah, they. there is some amazing footage of the two of them just sitting in warm, dirty water, running through a town up to their hips, yeah. just waiting in it. Just waiting. Um, just waiting, chasers. Just they love this the the feeling of waiting in city water. As, which has got to be some of the dirtiest water, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There'll <laughs> there'll be a line. There'll be a, an oily line in that town for years to come. As somebody whose entire family lived in New Orleans when Katrina hit, I'm proud to be the the last Boren to run from a hurricane. Feels good. <laughs> Because you're the only one that hasn't run from a hurricane. Well, no, oh, no you can't have. say that anymore. Now you're I have. Yep. That whole boring clan, wonderful people. They cannot stand against a hurricane. They wind, have to run. Wind magnets. Wind, you know, we they, were. Some people stand their ground. Borans run from hurricanes. We were we were down there to celebrate our tenth anniversary and Mike Watney and and his wife's tenth anniversary. And I don't know if you guys know this, but like the first year anniversary is paper. The second year is wind. And because there were two of us there, it sucked and blew at the same time. Wow. <laughs> okay. 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 We need to start releasing the videos because Roman okay. laughs pretty hard at these things, but he's quiet about his laughing. His face is very expressive. He thought that was really funny, but it just it came across in my ears with, as, as a little chuckle. So, Hey, Django, only one person in this room is worried about making sure that everyone thinks that their jokes are funny. <laughs> yeah, it's me. It's the guy, te- oh, the only guy Django, telling the jokes. No, the joke is that I'm the neurotic one, and so it's obviously me. And then the third subsequent falling joke of the entire thing is that Roman is a neurotic magnet. Oh, hey, everybody, I got an email from Magnet, Will. I hardly know her. I got an email from Will in the middle of this <laughs> fucking podcast. Um... So I'm going to deal with it now, Will, because you sure you didn't want to get it to me at a time that would have been convenient. <laughs> um, all right, just a second. Where is it? Uh, or maybe it's in a text message. My life is all over the place. Who am I? Hello and happy episode 292. Sorry, I'm a little late, guys. You're what, I'm just okay. sitting here in my driveway right now, regretting walking up the steps to my house after playing in an 8 p.m. soccer game. And it might be one of the worst decisions I've made 
all year long. Um, so I just have to ask you guys, what is one of the worst decisions that um, you guys have made all year long that maybe you regret, but also kind of don't regret, you know, like playing soccer is good for me, all that, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's also miserable and horrible and my body hurts. Um, that's, that's, that's the best question I can muster up with the brain power I have right now. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. I love it. What happened two thirds of the way through that call where the audio quality just got way better. You know, it's amazing, though. Uh, Decisions that we made that we regret. I got to avoid all the low hanging fruit. Yeah, right. And we're in the room with you, Jabud. But in the last year, right? Oh, in the last year? I thought that's what he said. Okay, 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 yeah, I was my head. I just think about audio quality. I was thinking about sound. Oh, Um, (laughs) things in the last year that we regret. Um, I got got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't regret that one bit sam <laughs> um um django <laughs> man <laughs> that trip sounds like it was pretty good the trip was good like yeah the trip was <laughs> yeah chaotic like, the trip was chaos but it ended up being really good like i got to see my family and got to stay at my mom's house one more time before she leaves and, and moves into an apartment and got I forgot meet, that that would like, have been the last time you had to stay in that house before she moves that's actually pretty sounds like the universe wanted to make sure that happened yeah and i got to meet both of my nephews who are less than a month old each and yeah like that i don't regret anything about that trip they're both very gossipy bitches they those, those both, kids yeah they both called me and both of them gave entirely conflicting reports and stories on you um yeah. I can't trust either of them. I'm not surprised. I told them both different things. Oh, <laughs> oh. Told one of them not to take any wooden nickels. And I told the other one to take all as many wooden nickels as he could get because they're good for your fiber. Intake. Yeah. You know, I don't generally live with a lot of regrets, but oh. I would say that in, <laughs> I'm I regret saying that out loud in front of Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm just like, you know how Django and I approach everything from the exact opposite sides. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good instance of it. I, I, well, I always think when people say that, I always think mm, there's somebody that's living in delusions. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got no regrets in a world of delusions. I approach it like that conversation that uh, Alicia has with the guy in the Fantastic Four. This exactly. Week. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the things you fuck up are things that that shape you and teach you. And Master as Bruce. long as it doesn't kill you, then you know it's it it's part of who you guy. are. And the the most important thing to me is to not do it again. Uh, and, and to learn from it. But I would say like in business, I probably see more missed opportunities in hindsight than in, in most aspects of my life. And I would say that. Okay. okay. We just, just like, wait. okay. <laughs> I just what? love, we're talking about regret and you're like, in business, I do experience more missed opportunities in hindsight, which is like, I know it's like, like the definition like, of regret, but like, yeah, but, but, but I, as you're saying within this world, but I just loved it. There was a very eloquent way of <laughs> working around regret. <laughs> yeah, I don't experience regret. I, I just, do I experience just redefine it. Missed opportunities in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that's not what you were doing, but that was no, a, it's, funny it's, way, a funny it's what way. What I do every day, to... Jeff. <laughs> what? It's, it's what I do every day. I reframe everything until I <laughs> until I don't feel bad about myself. Until it works for me. <laughs> 
Hey, did you guys see that kid over in the corner eating dirt during recess? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's the only one that thinks it's cool, but the kid loves it. He loves dirt. <laughs> that kid loves dirt. <laughs> See, this is a time where we don't want the video because Roman is not impressed at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's certain things that are a certain type of humor that I know that I don't share with most people, but Django and I did get that. Okay. Woo. I wish we had uh, sold some of our very expensive comics at a different six time. or seven or eight months ago. Yeah, uh, like at the peak, and you can never know that. I wish that I had uh, like sold cryptocurrency before it turned into dirt, and <laughs> that that little kid's gonna eat. Because um, <laughs> like, loves dirt. looking back on it, of course, our daredevil number one was artificially inflated, and we were sitting on it, and now we're still sitting on it, and uh, you know, like, like. <sighs> That's that's probably as close as I get to something that I regret over the last year is uh, hoarding some comics that are going to be harder to get rid of now. Um, in the last year, I don't know, but all I can go back to in my head is that when I was eight and a half years old, my friend <laughs> Daniel Kalshoven came over to stay the night in my house, and at like seven o'clock at night, because we thought it was late, he convinced me to get on the internet to look at Playboy.com. And my dad came downstairs and found us looking at Playboy.com and like if we had just waited until later at night, we would have gotten away with it. And instead, it was the most humiliating thing that had ever happened to me in my entire life. And what was his name? Daniel? Daniel Kalshoven. Fucking kid had never even heard of Penthouse.com, which had like... I know. Bush. In retrospect, yeah, I know, man. An eight and a half year old is looking for Bush. <laughs> I said eight and a half, you freak. <laughs> um, man, that kid loves Bush. <laughs> Sitting over there in the corner of recess, eating the Bush. bush. <laughs> you have to put an A in that. <laughs> Kids over there eating Bush. bush. <laughs> <laughs> Roman doesn't <go> <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, there are certain things that Roman and I both think are funny, but there is a world of things that he does not think are funny that I think are funny. Um it's a little, a little character humor. Um <laughs> all right, everybody. Listen, we've gone off the rails here a little bit, but that was a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 292. Um, I regret nothing. Except for Roman didn't get to talk about his regrets. I'm sorry. Before we get out of here, Roman, what do you? Oh, oh man. Well, see, unlike Django, I I define myself by my regrets. Um, That's not what I fucking said uh, at all, Roman. <laughs> you said just like or unlike but, Django. Unlike. Oh, oh I okay. thought you said okay. just like. I thought you said no, just no, like unlike. too. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a tough one. In the last, I mean, if I go back to eight and a half, sure. There's tons of regrets. Um, in the last year, I think the big thing I regret is I both regret it and don't regret it because I spent way too much time just sitting around watching movies and shows, which was mm -hmm. awesome. But um, I'm so out of shape. My health has gone oh. downhill. It makes you well-rounded in more ways than one. Yes, oh. it's been good for my brain, but bad for my body. 
and round. So yeah, I wish I had like gone for some walks. <laughs> yeah, that's those are good. I tell you what, I don't regret. That's the hardest I've laughed in a couple of weeks. So that was that was good, everybody. <laughs> Just a little bit of that good good medicine. Dirty and chuckle. The doctor's cure, they call it. I don't even remember. Oh yeah, it was very good, Django. You're so clever. <laughs> Um, and with that small feeling that you're experiencing right now where the muscles in your abdomen are slowly loosening, but loosening in a way that indicates that you've worked hard in the tummy because you've laughed. And with a sigh of relief, so too ends this podcast, this comic journey that we've been on through the week of November. Whatever it is. 11th, 9th. 13th. It was the 13th today. Um, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us. You can send us an email at jeff at the comicsplace.com, which Will did. Thank you so much. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jeff's, I, I was... Jeff's rethinking his uh, playboy.com history. Did you ever revisit playboy.com? No, man. Even to this day, I have not. I wonder what's on there. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> even subconsciously i'm just like yeah no i'm not going there bud we got caught man that's like returning to the scene of the crime (laughs) anyway um we would love to hang out with you anytime you can give us a call just to talk just to chat um if you did that you could record that voicemail and uh, email to jeff at the comicsplace.com or my cell phone number is not just kidding just kidding (laughs) did that once um yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. We would love some more emails. Get those to us. That really hurt my abs in a good way. <laughs> I hope Nathan Butcher's still out there. Um, I am always am Jeff and keep watching the skies. And I am Roman and um, keep keep mining the tunnels. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm Django and I was wondering you guys. Oh, why would you turn Playboy.com into a shirt sales website? Oh, how'd you spell it? P L A Y boy.com oh. well you're a shirt guy you, you you what's your answer every time i start to feel myself a little bit i'm like i'm gonna get on seattle.com and then i get there i'm like <laughs> who would fucking turn this into a shirt distribution <laughs> website i'm not kidding there's so i was looking apparel. for some good seattle girls <laughs> you could have made a porn website out of that django seattle <laughs> just saying did that ever occur to you did you think about doing that no i had better names for my porn websites We'll see you next time.